Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. We have got a really, really great show for you tonight. As a matter of fact, I wish I would have met my guest about a year and a half ago because I could have gotten some serious insight. I am here with Patricia Albert, and by the way, we're going to be talking about evolutionary relationships, intimate, social, professional, however they show up in our lives. We're going to be looking at the difference between these evolutionary relationships, these intimate relationships, these other relationships, these love relationships, these whatever fatal attraction relationships, whatever you want to look at, because we have got the best of the best joining us here today. Patricia Albert is an internationally recognized pioneer and teacher, uh, uh, champions the, uh, the evolutionary relationships in our intimate, social, and professional lives. And so this is a very big conversation. We're going to take the entire hour to really peel this onion back. You know, she offers various ways that we can learn how to experience one another without competition, without aggression, without jealousy, and what would happen to relationship or reality television if people would pay attention to what she's got to say. So she's joining us here today uh, because there are so many people that she has gotten to work with, so many things she has learned. One of the things she and I <clears throat> uh, have in common is going uh, down the path of EST training. And I can't wait to talk to her about that. Mm. Uh, she's laughing. She's like, okay. Um, but she's joining me here as the founder of Evolutionary Collective, a community that gathers innovators, teachers, and leaders to share a new level of creativity and intelligence. This and much more. Cutting-edge perspectives is what this show is about. Um, she's also the popular radio host of the New Edge series. Patricia, thank you so much for joining me here today. I know you've got an upcoming book. But as I was looking at this, I was thinking, how could it be that both of us went through that early, early sensitivity training? And what were some of the influences of that? And welcome to the show, by the way. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> when did when did you do the S training? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so like, true, true confessions. All right, here we go. So do you remember, okay, so do you remember when they brought sensitivity training into corporations? And AT&T was like the first corporation, they, one of the first corporations they brought it to? Well, I think, way you know, back. Training, you know, we may have a misconnect. Um, the S training that was the Earhart's seminars training. It was Warner Earhart. So that's different yes. than sensitivity training. It is, but we first got an introduction to a very oh. awkward, yes, an uh, very awkward and a very challenging version of that. And <laughs> so, 
this is what I really love. I love connecting and talking about how our backgrounds, how our trainings lead us to the place where we are today. You know, mm-hmm. how have your experiences over the years, how have they become sort of this, the, these pivotal points for you in creating the platform you have today to help others? Yeah, it's actually, um, I think it's for people like us that work with people, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably similar to artists and musicians and, you know, there's there's different influences, you know, that actually create the the particular way in which you work with people or you express, you know, your art, right? Yeah. So for me, um, uh, 40 years ago when I was 18 years old, which is a very long time ago, I met Warner Earhart uh, before it was even asked. So I yes. met him in San Francisco. And so, mm-hmm. and at that time, that was the edge. I mean, nobody knew about transformation. I mean, there's like a gazillion things now, you know, with coaching and there's just, you know, there's such a plethora of opportunities for people to transform their lives in, you know, a million different ways. Back then, if you actually said transformation, people thought about butterflies. (laughs) That's right. I mean, literally. I mean, you'd say transformation, they'd say, you mean like a butterfly? I mean, they had no idea. There was therapy and there was TM and there was going to India and Esalon and most people didn't even know about what those things were. So, so for me, you know, that was formative. You know, I worked, I worked with him and worked, you know, spoke in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people um, by the time I was like 30, 30 years old. So that, that, you know, that was formative because I wasn't even an adult when I met him. Um, and then after that, um, you know, sort of my journey, I study, I've studied so many other things, you know, very seriously. You know, I've been obsessed with uh, working with people and then also, you know, my own experiences of awakening and having a life that works. Um, so I would say that the next big one, you know, the mm-hmm. next major thing was the, the twin soul, you know, meeting a young German um, who I fell madly in love with and who was a mystic and who died four years later, but we were, we shared something for four years that was so extraordinary. Um, You know, we were like in a certain state pretty continuously for the entire time, and Mm -hmm. um, we just kept saying yes, and, you know, we were taken together into experiences of intimacy and psychic connection, and and just love that was, you know, I used to call it Pavarotti love, you know, like this thing. You know, where you yes. were just like, whoa, you know, like you turned out and you just feel your heart just opening like that. So, mm. yeah. You know, that you is die. such a deep and profound level of love. And, you, you know, and it's hard to even imagine, isn't it, Patricia? It's hard to even imagine, you know, having that deep connection, relationship. That goes beyond the word, quote, love at some levels. It's actually yeah, a different totally. dimension, I hear you saying. And yeah. then to wake up one day and things change, you know, to yeah. lose a loved one. Right. Completely. Yeah, it was, mm. it was brutal, actually. I mean, it's, that's about as brutal as it gets. I yes. think, you know, other than losing a child, I think that's mm-hmm. brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, though, I think the journey, you know, even it was so impossible to, I mean, it's something you don't get over. Um, and I actually believe in love 
not that you hold on to in some kind of morbid way, but that that has impacted your life forever, like you are irrevocably changed and will never be the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's part of what I teach in the work that I'm doing is to try to allow people to open so that we actually consciously want to influence each other deeply instead of that, you know, that you existed in my life didn't really matter that much. Isn't that really the beauty (laughs) of the conversation, really? I mean, to be able to be at that place where we realize that, you know, we have been touched, we have been in relationship with another human being that at some level is helped us grow, our soul grow, even though it may have been some difficult lessons. Right. Well, I think I think for the most part, people don't pay attention to a lot of aspects of relationship, and one of them mm-hmm. is, you know, are you are you actually committed to influencing and being influenced by that person? You know, that you actually matter. I don't think I, I think a lot of people are just trying to survive their relationships, or you know, or not interfere too much. You know, it's like there's a certain quality of you know, well, maybe I shouldn't say that, or, you know, I shouldn't interfere, exactly. or I shouldn't, I shouldn't, and, um, you know, one of the things that Peter taught me, and also Werner, you know, like in, in making a difference with people, and, and seeing that by being courageous, and caring, and actually being committed to, to, to another person's life, and their, you know, their unfoldment, and that their deeper soul gets, you know, gets to live, you know, that you kind of like in a way, even fight for them, um, that that's, in the end, that's what matters, you know? Mm. You know, if anyone's had anyone die in their life, you know, I've had parents die in the last five years, and, um, you know, you kind of look at a life and you go, in the end, what matters is how deeply we've loved each other and we've touched each other and, you know, made the other person's life, you know, that, that they could be themselves more. Yeah. that they could be a more fuller expression. So Yeah, I completely relate to what you're saying. I mean, I lost my mom when I was seven years old and yeah. uh, and, and lost yeah. my stepmom, um, uh, you know, when I was uh, in, in my, my 30s. And so, uh, you know, I at one point in my life, and, you know, Patricia, I don't, I don't know if you're going to think this is funny, but at one point in my life, I was looking around, and, I, and then I lost my mentor who died very suddenly. I looked around, and I thought, oh, my gosh, every... Every powerful, influential woman that has ever been in my life has died very suddenly. <laughs> and I thought, based on my Italian wow. background, I thought, oh, my gosh, I must be cursed. <laughs> no, I could get that. Wow. That must have been really, you know, it's like wound, like the same wound getting hit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I love what you said because, you know, I've been asked a number of different times, um, about our relationships and the, and the people in my life. And I talk about these, these women and these folks that have influenced me on air. How is it that we, uh, get to reveal or unveil, you know, th- these evolutionary relationships? Because I was listening to you speak about them and, and one of the things I was really struck by was this idea that we allow ourselves to be influenced by the other person. And I know that when I, when I've experienced that in relationships, I have, I had to learn how to yield. And I don't know if I'm saying this right, but do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a really good word. Um, well, I think one of the things is, is 
are the soul. You know, the soul itself Mm -hmm. is a completely, you know, impressionable, open, morphing, changing. um, That's the way it is. I mean, you Mm -hmm. know, when it's not all encrusted, you know, with all of our defenses and our, you know, identifications and ways that, you know, this is who I am, this is what I like, and, you know, it's like fixated ways of being, then the soul is beautiful in that way. I mean, it's like the closer, the more work you're willing to do to uncover um, the beauty of your own soul, then relationships innately have that dance. Because we do touch each other. You know, it's kind of like they're, it, they start to become beautiful instead yeah. of, you know, not that beautiful. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I mean, most relationships are fine and they're nice and you appreciate your friends and all the rest of it, but there's, there isn't an intention for there to be a, a quality of relating that actually, you know, you're moved by. And, you know, I think it is such a blessing, isn't it? If we, and I'm going to use the term stumble upon it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I really look at my life, and I have been so fortunate to stumble upon. <laughs> you know, some people would say, no, you haven't stumbled anywhere. You know, everything was set in intention. There's this quantum field that operates. But for right. me, it felt like I, I was really gifted, and I stumbled upon a mm-hmm. people that I could at least have a sense of what that level of relating was like. There's a quality to it that is that is hard for somebody like me to explain, but you explain it very well. And I, and I guess it brings me to the question of this, this quantum field of relating that you, mm-hmm. you talk about. Yeah. Um, and, and how you do talk about it. Can you speak about this a little bit? Because yeah, I know a lot of people have done a lot of science and put a lot of articles together, but really people want to get a sense of how do I know that I'm in this field, Patricia? Yeah, no, that's good. Well, first of all, um, you know, just to just to backtrack a little bit is mm-hmm. we are, you know, when we're born, we're born into, you know, not only our family situations and, you know, I guess whatever our karma is, we're born into a cultural reality, you know. So, so being born now is a different cultural reality than if we were born in the 1200s. Yeah different worldview, different sense of the planet, of, you know, of, of being a human being, all the rest of it. So mostly, you know, uh, everybody, you know, that I know, um, you know, we've been born into a Newtonian, um, Cartesian sense of reality, which is basically the Newtonian thing to do it really fast and simple is that, um, you know, the, that everything is mechanistic and separate. You know, so that you can actually, like, the world is like this big machine that, you know, science has been taking apart and figuring it out how it works and that we're separate somethings kind of bouncing into each other. And if you look at most relationship teachings, to some degree that, you know, they operate like, you know, you're over there, you're like this separate billiard ball and I'm over here and we sort of bump into each other or, you know, I communicate to you and I say, okay, well, Pat, you know, this is how I feel, and you repeat back to me. You say, well, you know, I understand how you feel, and I get it. And it's kind of like we're sending something across the distance. And at one level, it's true. You know, we don't necessarily understand each other's worlds, and we do operate like we're separate, you know, like we're in separate bubbles. Except for, right, every once in a while, when it's not like that, you know, where you feel this, 
connectedness and you know you finish each other's sentences and you you know you can sense um somebody else's feelings and thoughts and you know there's there's a closer like a more porous quality to the connection right mhm so what i'm teaching and and that's actually the truth the truth is is that you know the the physicists and the metaphysicists have discovered the same thing which is that we're not separate, we're not actually a something. Um, you know, there's no place where your mind begins and my mind ends, really. And we're influencing each other all the time. You know, it's like everything's in a dance with everything else. Everything is completely connected. And there's no time and there's no distance. And profound love, any great love story, you actually experience that in it. There's a timelessness. There's a quality where the lovers, you know, can can feel each other even if they're, you know, on the other end of the world, you know, or even in a different time. You know, we like that. You know, there's something that, that speaks to us about that. So given that that's actually the real truth, um, what I've done is, you know, is, is to just try to help people and teach people, and we do different practices to, to become more intimate, uh, and intimate meaning closer to the moment, closer to the truth, you know, getting um, sensitized so that we're, we're less like a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're less like a billiard ball. Um, <laughs> and everybody can go there. It's just that most of the time we're not paying attention. Mm. Let me ask you a question about this. I was actually speaking with someone right before the show today, and we were actually talking about relationships a bit. Um mm. Uh, you know, what is or what are some of the challenges that people have uh, to getting there, right? Yeah. You know, what are some of the things that, you know, for me to, to really look at my life and look at some of the relationships I've had, especially later on in my life, I just look and I think, oh, my gosh, I've grown so much. And somebody said to me, well, okay, you've grown so much, but how are you different? And and I really had to look back at who I was when I was younger and all my defense mechanisms, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. I wouldn't cry in public. Now I cry. I'm getting ready to cry during this show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for people that you work with, mm-hmm. you know, they do need your guidance or your assistance to sort of peel some things back. Is that not true? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, I think, I mean, we're, we grow up and, and, and nobody escapes, you know, developing the defense mechanisms and, and <laughs> develop a sense of identity. You know, this is who I am and, you know, this is what I'm good at, this is what I'm not good at, this is what I'm pathetic, you know, in. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is what I'm fabulous in. And all of that is, um, is our ego. You know, it's basically a personality structure that we, you know, that everybody gets one. Um, the spiritual work, you know, and the transformational work is, is when people begin to reexamine and begin to feel into all that and discover that, well, maybe not. You know, maybe they're not all those things. You know, that they don't have to be fixated in those ways. Right? Mm, you know, it starts yeah. to come apart. And, um, one of the techniques, um, which is just probably this, you know, I've studied so many things. It's just ridiculous <laughs> at this point. You know, it's like, like you know, five million different ways to get in touch with yourself. Um, you know, and after a while, you're just like, you know, this is too much work. You know, this is just too complicated. 
So um, for me, the way that I'm working um, and that I've been working with people, and it's so beautiful and it so works, it is, it's the simplest technique in the world, and I call it, it's like truth and intimacy. So, but it's not easy. It's not necessarily easy, but it's simple. It's right. teaching people how to get very, very close to exactly what they're experiencing first. So to start off with, you know, body sensations, um, emotions, the subtleties of, you know, your thought, how your, you know, if your mind's buzzing or if it's calm or if it's kind of, you know, zooming. It's like to become acutely aware of exactly what is there. Even if it feels like nothing's there, what does the nothing feel like? You know, it feels mm. kind of floaty and empty. All right, what color is it? It's kind of, well, it's dark, actually. You know, it's kind of, you know, it's like people getting really good at being close to themselves first and close to the moment. And then extending that to what's occurring between us. You know, so um, Lynn McTaggart just wrote a new book. um, Who I love her. uh, Yeah, me too. the field and so so through her new book when it came out I was screaming I was like I can't believe it you know I've just spent four years like really working hard on the space the connection and the space in between people you know sort of you know working on the how do you do it she's busy writing the book Um, yes (laughs) yeah I was just like okay you know we we need to get together Um, so the exercises and the ways of then how do I become incredibly sensitive and aware of, like, what's happening between you and me. And then can I tune in and can I actually experience where you are? Mm-hmm. You know, can I extend my consciousness so that I'm not just located inside my own body and head and move it, you know, place it in you? You know, can I actually feel that? Are you open to that? And people, I mean, I work with a lot of men. You know, I mean, I work with, with people that normally would say they are clueless here. Yeah. And they're not. You know, it's like the moment you start to do that, you realize that your consciousness is can do that. You know, it's kind of like we are incredibly, and we have mirror neurons, and we're actually wired to to experience ourselves and other people in a very, very intimate way, in a very real way. And that just, that sort of starts the, the process, you know, as you start to be able to move your consciousness around, you realize that you're not just over here where you think you are. And then your sort of selfish self-concern, you know, your endless, like, busyness with me, 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 you know, starts to relax and um, your relationships change and even your relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. You start to be more available to something larger than just you know, what you want and what you need and where you think you need to go. You know, it's kind of like it's it's less, it's a little bit less like that. And it's very liberating. I want to ask you a question because I made a, (laughs) it's funny, you and I zoomed in on the same book. You know, I interviewed Lynn not too long ago on her latest book, The Bond, right? Yeah, 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 that's the one. And I said, oh, my gosh, Lynn, this book is so different than anything you've ever written before. I said, did you go through a breakup in your relationship? Yes. 
and you know, and I, I didn't do it on air. I, I, I've yeah, interviewed yeah. Lynn a bunch of times, but I kind of did it in between because I said, you know, I, I basically, for me, in, you know, a couple of years back, I ended a 14 year relation or my 14 year relationship ended and I was wow. dumbfounded. And yeah. so I really stopped to explore the, 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 the ultimate question. What happened here, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I found that that became a very interesting journey for me. Uh, a very, uh, uh, and, and really being able to do the thing that you just described, however, I've never, I've never heard it described quite like that. Where you truly get in touch with aspects of who you are in relationship to other people, um, in a way that you can let go of having it make sense. Do you see right. what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Because yeah, we yeah, always yeah. try to make sense of something. It's like, you know, if you talk to my ex, my ex is going to give you an exact reason why the relationship had to end. And, and, and actually in bullet points, right? Right. And it just didn't, it wasn't enough for me because of where I was in my life. You know, I was very, very sick. There was just a lot of things going on. And so the question that I think is, is really coming up, do we have to wait to that place where we're feeling completely broken, maybe our health. It's its like a country yeah. song. You know what I'm saying? I grew up, my, mom, my stepmom was from the South. This is like a country Western song. Do we have to wait <laughs> until we get that, you know, I need you now song that we hear on the radio for us to really take a look at and, and experience what we're feeling? Well, hopefully not, right? You know, I mean, <laughs> obviously, you know, people... Um, become more sensitized, right? You know, learn mm-hmm. how to be closer to what the hell is going on anyway. Um, you know, that's step one. I mean, I just think that's, I can't imagine moving through my life without that capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, learning how to play tennis is not as important as that. I gotta tell you. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, because it's every moment of my existence and the quality of my existence. One of the mm-hmm. things, like when you're talking about the breakup and, you know, yeah. we're always trying to make meaning out of everything, which, which mm-hmm. you know, some of us are really good at making meaning mean one thing and then it can mean something else. And you just, you could drive yourself crazy um, doing that is what I am uh, teaching and what I've, I've, I'm working with people with and it's really been, I mean, I wish I could turn the world into, into this, right? Because relationships yeah. for me are, are, you know, I mean, are, are, 90% of, of what's happening in life. Um, yes, all the time, so, whether it's work or the grocery store, you walk yeah. into a Starbucks, you know what I'm saying, or you've got people yeah. coming in your office, there's something going on between it's you, you know? It's all relating. Is, here's, here's what I um, know to be true, and this is not a belief. Uh-huh. If you can, you can also, you know, if you can take the perspective of, so number one, you know, so let's say, let's say you start dating, right? You go, you yeah. know, you go out on a date and, you know, this can apply to a work situation. It could apply to anything, but we'll do the dating thing. Okay. If you're open, you go out and if both people were willing to actually be present and open and curious and interested in what is our connection? So I'm not projecting immediately onto the guy, you know, that I want him to show up a certain way and he needs to fulfill me and fulfill my needs and be better than the last guy. And, you know, I've got like a million things that I'm looking for. Instead, I'm actually meeting this human being with openness and curiosity 
and engagement. I'm really engaged and I'm really open and curious, but I'm not trying to turn the relationship into something. I'm actually allowing by us both being connected to for it to show us its potential mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And every friendship, every relationship, even a child, you know, even your relationship with your kid, each each two worlds of human beings, you know, it's like it's a world. There are two worlds coming together. They have their innate possibility. Not everything can be everything. You don't have chemistry with everybody. Right. And, you know, we get in so much trouble and we and we go down, you know, I think we waste time and we create pain for ourselves as other people because we want it to be some way, you know, we want to turn it into something instead of letting it show us what it can be and then really allowing it to be that or not. And there may be almost like no real connection that you actually have with this particular person and there's no reason to, you know, to go down that tunnel. Mm-hmm. And you people know, waste a lot of time, especially with projections. You know, it's like, you know, you can project onto the other person and it can take you two years to get through the projection until you find yeah. out who's really there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah, we don't want to do that at this stage of our life, okay? Really I'm does. telling you, nope. We learned that. I had an interesting question uh, from someone uh, new that uh, you know sent in in advance of the show, and sure. wanted to to ask you this question. And I think this does have to do with the the term intimacy. So let's say you're in relationship, and and honestly, this could be a, a an intimate relationship or it could be a work relationship. But there's this notion that here you are, and you're two very different people. Mm-hmm. And if you are two very different people. Does that mean that you should not be together? And that was kind of the, the notion of the question, which I think is a brilliant question, uh, because we have these we have these templates that we want for our lives, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I want to pick template number one. That's going to represent my relationship with my kid. I'm going to take number two. That's going to be me with my dog. That's going right, to be right. number three, me with my boss. Okay, now I've got those. Let's move on. Um, but you're talking about an evolution, right, mm-hmm. in a quantum yeah. field, which sounds more organic than what we really want it to be in life. Right. It's really allowing. It's it's being open and curious and discovering what's there. And sometimes, to be really honest, sometimes it's – I've watched people get in the way of something, you know, that is actually potentially extraordinary. And they literally speed bump the thing. You know, they just, they just, you know, like get in the way of the power and the potential that actually exists between them and somebody else. You know, what is the, re- what is the relationship? Stop. Yeah. Or, or so, they take something that doesn't have any potential and they <laughs> keep trying to pump it up and do stuff to it just because the guy's cute or, you know, the person seems to be like, even in business, you know, somebody seems to have all the right talents and capabilities but you're it's not really like if you if you really listen there's Mm -hmm. something missing yeah there's some kind of connection or fire that's missing that's like giving your relationship a botox treatment yeah you know what i'm saying it's like you're feeling all plump but honestly there is not much good in there yeah yeah (laughs) 
So the question comes up around, you know, and, and this is one of the things I wanted to ask you about, the idea of intimacy and, and commitment. You know, we're mm-hmm. seeing a lot, we're hearing a lot, a lot of conversations uh, recently, especially books being written about intimacy, monogamy, and commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's starting to get a little bit confusing for people. Um, some what, folks don't, don't understand it? why some people don't want to commit. And certainly we're focusing on people like Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, and everybody's like, why aren't they married? Oh, right, right. right. Is, is that a sign of not being commitment? Is there a relationship or can we have a relationship in sort of the, you know, defining intimacy and commitment or are they really separate paths? Well, I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot, you know, you've asked a lot of different things inside of that one conversation, but Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, commitment is part of what, when it's, when it's correct, is part of what activates the real possibility of the relationship. Uh-huh. But it can't just be commitment to the relationship. I think it has to be a commitment to, um, you know, your soul and the other person's soul. You know, I mean, to me, if we're not growing um, and evolving and becoming more and more transparent and radiant and um, loving and, you know, more and more powerful and, you know, who we are, then... You know, just being committed to keeping the relationship going and um, no matter what doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think the, the what are you committed to needs to be clear. You know, are you just committed to staying together no matter what or are you committed to having an evolving, empowering um, relationship? And from there, then, if there's any point where, and, and a commitment to being in truth, you know, to really intimate to me means truth, that you're staying real with each other, which a lot of relationships stop doing or never start doing because you're afraid to um, reveal yourself fully because you're afraid they'll they'll not like it or they'll leave, right? Yes. So if you're yes. committed to the truth and you're committed to, um, you know, really empowering one another and continuing to grow, inside of that, if there's ever some point where it really wouldn't be appropriate to be together. You would both see that and recognize that it wouldn't be some drama. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you would do that inside of a, a deep and profound commitment to each other forever. Mm. That the person grow and that you love each other. You know, whether you stay together, you know, likelihood is you would, but sometimes, you know, the universe has a different idea of, you know, what would actually take that person to the next level. So, but most And of sometimes the, most it's not being together. I mean, yeah. Uh, um, you know, the, P- Patricia, I just want to let folks know, first of all, sure. um, uh, my very special guest joining me here today, Patricia Albert, is internationally recognized pioneer teacher. But we're talking about evolutionary relationships, and we're talking about our intimate, social, and professional lives. Patricia, one of the things I wanted to to speak with you about along these lines is, you know, to really look at this now at a more macro level. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, your work also goes beyond, you know, two people in a room in relationship. I mean, so, we are relating every minute of every day in everything we do. Otherwise, each of us would have our own planet and no right. satellite connection, right? Right. 
And so we have this level of consciousness. some people would prefer it that way. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I think some of the people yeah. that are running some of the countries would love to do yeah, that. Definitely. But But here we are. You know, there's this term now, collective consciousness. Some people are calling it the collective unconscious. There's a lot of language about around collective, co- co- collective yeah. relationships. Right. What well, is my, the most I'm, critical thing we need to know about this from a global point of view? Um. Four years ago was when I, I stopped working with just people individually, you know, because mm-hmm. I felt really guided. I was just like, I can't, I need <laughs> to, to find, I just can't do this. You know, it's like I've been doing this for 36 years, and it needs to continue to be done, but we need to start to grow differently. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it, we, this needs to accelerate. So um, I've been working with, a gr- with groups called the Evolutionary Collective, and Inside of it, the evolutionary relationships piece is a part of the skill set that you need in order to then access a, a wider level of relatedness, which has to do with the collective field. And the field, um, you know, which is the thing I'm, like, incredibly excited about, is when you work with groups. Um, do, you, do you work with groups also? Yes, I do. I love it, actually. And, okay. and and I was so glad to hear you say that because, you know, it, for my own personal evolution, so to speak, yeah. Yeah. I was really called to do that again. Um, and, and to do it in a different way, though, because you know a little bit about me and my corporate experience. You yeah. know, now the people are saying, I want to work with the collective. And, and by the way, I'm not afraid to say the word spirituality. Oh, in, in corporate, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, so very great. Yeah, but so, you know, you're so describing this in a way that I didn't understand, and so you know, for you, when you were called to do this, and and not that you left your individual practice behind, what right. was it about? How did? What was the feeling? What is the feeling that you have when you're working with the collective? Um, it's a bigger. It's like the awareness of 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 of, of it. It's like a larger relationship. It's like being related, looping with something that's greater. So, in mm-hmm. working with the groups, by paying attention to the field itself and ha- and teaching people how to know what's happening in the group field, so that they become so. This is that sensitizing again. So they're learning how to like track what's going on in the room and feed that and there's different practices and things that you can start to the field is what actually transforms people's lives it's way more important than me it's way more important than their individual efforts it's like when they start connecting with this larger field that they're actually creating and then a part of but it's also bigger than all of us it is so powerful and people's Transformation is accelerated quantum. You know, it's like a, it, it's really different. So to me, you know, I've worked with groups forever. I've worked with over 150,000 people in the course of my life. Um, you know, like groups, millions of groups. But when you're, when you're working with the field itself and the relatedness which contributes to the field, the whole thing is like in a different dimension. And, uh, that, that's been, um, incredibly exciting. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a online course that I'm teaching in August about evolutionary relationships so that people can, you know, begin to kind of get into that, um, you know, into that knowledge. But then the, the live groups, 
you know, the ongoing, like, meeting four times a year together, the same people, those groups, that's, like, where the the really innovative, like, that's where we're pushing the edge. So... How can people, exciting. you know, get involved in this? I want to make sure before, I mean, we're, you and I will run out of time here yeah, in no time because there's so much for us to chat about. Before we do, though, I would love for you to give out your website and, and also okay. to let people know about your upcoming events that are happening here. Okay. Um, the website is evolutionarycollective.com. And um, like you were saying, the, the, and we've actually just shifted the name of the radio show. It's Evolutionary Collective Conversations. and. Mm-hmm. It's, focused, you know, on this collective field and on relatedness. I mean, it, that that's the dominant, you know, that's like who I'm talking to and what we're talking about. Um, tomorrow night, actually, if anybody's in the New York area, um, Jeff Carrera and I, he is uh, the executive, the educational director for Enlighten Next with Andrew Cohen. He and I are doing an evening um, tomorrow night, and that's on the website, and we will be begin actually doing a course a live course in 2012 uh, on the East Coast, which I'm excited about because it's like having another senior teacher but who's bringing in a different stream. Yes. And that's, that's one of the ways, like teaching in relationship and teaching in mutuality that I, that I have a really big commitment to. Um, so that's basically it. Okay, and they can find out all of this on the website, evolutionarycollective.com. Great, thank you. I'll make sure we mention it again before the end of the show. Um, One of the things that um, I wanted to ask you uh, has to do with uh, your view of consciousness and spirituality. I noticed when I was, you know, you know, I was looking on your website, signing up for your newsletter. One of the things I saw that was so prominent is the, the, you know, part of your biography, you know, teacher and, and, and then, you know, there's a line in there that is so really bright, bold and clear, um, about the fact that, you know, this is also about spirituality. You know, who yeah. I am is also, you know, transformational educator and contemporary spiritual teacher, right? Yeah, totally. So I wanted to ask you about spirituality and the, what people are calling a time and a need for a higher level of consciousness. From your perspective, what does that mean? What does that higher level of consciousness mean? And is it is it something that everyone can achieve or move towards? Yeah, well, yes to the last question, absolutely. I mean, okay. we are spiritual beings, and no matter what, you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like whether people ever wake up to that or not, um, it's still the truth, you know, that yeah. there's, you know, so... Waking up to it is, um, as far as I'm concerned, the point of being here. Um, and and for me, it's not a transcendent, you know, spirituality is an evolutionary spirituality. It's about um, bringing the energy um, here so that we're actually embodying love and embodying the light and expressing those things here on earth with each other. Um, in every moment instead of mm-hmm. that we're, you know, we're meditating and trying to get out of here. I mean, meditating is good, <laughs> believe me, but not in a way that it's about not that this is all just Maya and none of it matters. Right. I've never, um, that kind of spirituality is not, it's not what I right. adhere to. 
You know, isn't it interesting, though, too, that, I mean, I love what you're, you're talking about because it really does talk to the fact that each of us has the opportunity uh, to, you know, take this journey, this soul's journey. And yet I, I look back at my own spiritual journey and, and look at it today, right? Uh, and I think, boy, there was a point in time where I actually had to give myself permission, right? I had to give myself permission to, to look into this level of spirituality that I wanted to step into. And why did I have to give myself permission at one point? Because I think that there's a, 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 a body of a religious and spiritual practices that say that, you know what, that's only for certain people in a certain congregation to be about. You know, by the way, you really can't talk to God. You see what I'm saying? You know, I so. Guess. I mean, I, I was kind of lucky because when I was 15, yeah. I just looked around. You know, I, was, I grew up at Garden City, Long Island, you know, had a, <laughs> um, you know, which you know where that is. And, you know, had a really nice, you know, sort of waspy, you know, upper middle class family. You know, nothing was too terribly wrong. And I looked around and I thought, what, you do this for another 70 years? Like, this, this is fine. You know, it wasn't terrible. But I thought, what's the point? Mm. I mean, what is the point? You know, it's like you eat and make money and have kids and die. You know, it's kind of like there's, that's, you know, it's nice, but. I can't imagine wasting all that time and energy just for that. And so when I was 15, you know, it stuff started to happen for me. And I then I met Warner when I was 18. And it's clear to me that the what matters is that you continue to grow. You continue to um, change and develop and become more transparent and lighter. I mean, some people feel really dense. You know, like if you watch the Jerry Springer show or something, yeah. you know, it's like, it's just, it's so like, they're almost like not human. You know, there's this quality of like, they're almost like reptiles or, you know, there's a density in identifying with that level of, um, you know, just being like crazy. And then there are other people where like you meet the Dalai Lama or, you know, Mother Tra- you know, and people that are just transparent, right. you know, there's a quality of lumin- luminosity. Mm-hmm. and everything in between. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, our job is to um, discover, you know, how transparent and luminous and, you know, and and just and including being just, you know, just human and, you know, in all the ways that we are. Yeah. You know, uh, I uh, kind of had an interesting background. I grew up on one side of my family, um, you know, with a very Southern Baptist influence from my stepmom. And, yep. And then the other side, of course, the whole Catholic thing. And, um, and so one of the things that I had heard often growing up, didn't really understand it. Um, and I want, and I would love for you to talk about this is there was a saying that you don't have to worry about going to hell. You know, hell is on earth. And yet, yeah. We're now starting to hear something very different, and you talk about this. You talk mm-hmm. about the fact, no, heaven is on earth. And and so the question then be. becomes, it can be. That's my question. Yeah. How can we can be experience health. that? <laughs> well, the, the first part, I mean, the part of it that, um, you know, the way, the way that I've experienced it and mm-hmm. experience it when, you know, it's not like it's heaven every minute, but is by, number one, giving up trying to get it to be a certain way. 
Mm. And by getting that intimacy, you know, I just go back to the closer you get to whatever is there, even if, like, every healer knows this. You know, anybody who's listening as a healer knows that if you can get the person you're working with to just be with the pain that's exactly there in that moment, just surrender to exactly what's there. They don't make it more and they don't make it less. That almost always there's something called the optimizing force. If you do that, something opens up and then this, this evolutionary force starts to actually move the thing, and that's usually when the healing occurs. You know, that is such a enormous gift to be able to do that, Patricia. I mean, what you just shared and the work that, that you do uh, to have people experience that is an enormous gift. And I suspect that there are millions of people that will never really experience it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Well, they, they don't know. I mean, the first thing is is that people need to know that, that if you can learn that, it's mm-hmm. learnable. I mean, you know, being close to the moment and being close to yourself is totally learnable. It's not far away. It's close. It's not even some cosmic, you know, like amazing thing, you know, it's like trying to steal your mind, you know, there's, it's, you can really learn that and there's uh, the optimizing force, you know, it's another conversation, but when you get there and you're not trying to change it anymore and you're really with the intimacy of what's there, then something takes over and, uh, you know, it will move things in the right direction. And it's never failed. You know what I mean? It's like that's that's for sure. And to me, that's intimacy. You know, it's like I don't care what's there. I just want to be close to my lover. You know, it's kind of like if life is your lover, you know, I want to be with what's what's really here instead of some fantasy or trying to get mm. it to be some other way. Wow. And, uh, you know, I think it's simple, but it's it's, you know, it's definitely something that you have to want to have. I mean, that's why mm-hmm. we love writers, and you know, you know, they write about the way life really is in a way that kind of takes you closer, usually, to tasting it, touching it, seeing it. They slow it down a little bit. So. Yeah, we do. We get to share in in whatever level of fantasy slash reality that we want to be part of. Um, you know, I want to thank you for joining me here today, and uh, I wanted you to to give out your website again, and uh, okay. just one more time. And then I have one more question for you. So let's let people know how they can find out about you, the great work you're doing, how to become part yeah. of your group work, any and all of the above. Okay. Um, evolutionarycollective.com and they can actually, um, you know, there's a, a way they can sign in and, and know what's, you know, going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, um, Evolutionary Relationships, which is a seven-week uh, virtual seminar, uh, starts August 24th. And so anybody anywhere in the world um, can sign up to do that and, and at least, you know, get that ball rolling. Um, and the, the collective work um, is on the site as well, and they can find out more about that because that's, that's more involved. You know, that's a bigger commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. Yeah. And Patricia so, out there. 
And Patricia, um, one of the yeah. things that I wanted to ask you about is um, you have done so much in your life. I mean, I, I, I was looking at your bio, I was looking at things that, that you have done to experience, and now what you continue to do, what your passion is to move things forward, what excites you most when you think about the rest of your life? Uh, I'll start crying. Um, it's the thing that excites me most is number one having people be like this. You know, to actually mm-hmm. have the tribe. You know, to have people that want to um, engage in this way of being real. And from there, the part that really excites me is then the people that you have various relationships with that you can create together. Do you know what I mean? So it could be, you know, you and I meet and, you know, we just like have this connection and then we're yeah. like, we get to start to create together. We're like, well, we could do this. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of like it's there's something in that then that's in the field that can start to really happen where you're not networking with me. You know, you're not trying to like, you know, get something from me or, you know, we're actually able to meet and create together. And to me, that's what um, I want for the rest of my life, you know, is to be able to do that with people that are real and that are, you know, willing to be real and honest and truthful. And definitely they don't have to be perfect at all because I'm not. Um, But, you know, to to do that with other human beings um, is, I think, what the world needs, that we need to collaborate and we need to know how to create together and Mm -hmm. love each other and, you know, do things collaboratively in a way that's really thrilling and exciting and um, meaningful. Mm -hmm. I I have to tell you what you just... Instead of making babies, we make... I love it. And, you know, it's so interesting that you shared this because, you know, I often think about what a wonderful gift that I stumbled upon. And I did stumble upon radio. I dialed the wrong phone number. And I just thought to myself (laughs) the other day, man, I must have done something really cool to deserve this because what you just shared, meeting people, having real connections like you and I have had tonight, without any agenda, you know, without any, you know, I could pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm coming to New York, let's go have some coffee or lunch or something, and just have it be about that time we're together where we actually get to connect. It is truly a gift. Yeah. And you're really beautiful in it, just so you know. I mean, thank you for finding, um, tripping upon, as you said, (laughs) Stumbling upon, you're good at stumbling. Um, I'm very good at stumbling. You're very good at stumbling upon that which, you know, you're really, um, you create a space. I can feel it, you know, like in your interview, your way of being with me then creates that space. So, I love it. I, I so love, and I hope you and I will get together. Thank you so yeah, much, Patricia, for everything. Wow. I'm excited about your work. I'm excited about... Um, what you are willing to do and say to help other people be able to stand and be willing to do and say what is true for them. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you. I can't wait. I'm going to go hang out with her. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so everybody, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe we'll like do Long Island or something. Uh, evolution. <laughs> Go to the website, evolutionarycollective.com. Lots of information there. Um, well, I really want to encourage all of you that are listening to the show, please spend some time on the website. It's really easy for you to also sign up for the newsletter. You get a free download meditation. But there are so many ways for you to explore life and explore the meaning of the relationship you're having with yourself and others. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on on the Dr. Pat Show here tonight. We'll see you next time, everyone. Sky, your high horse.